listening to The Culture Radio, only on The Culture. You are listening to The Culture Radio, only on The Culture. You are listening to The Culture Radio, only on The Culture. You are listening to The Culture Radio, only on The Culture. You are listening to The Culture Radio, only on The Culture. You are listening to The Culture Radio, only on The Culture. You are listening to The Culture Radio, only on The Culture. You are listening to The Culture Radio, only on The Culture. You are listening to The Culture Radio, only on The Culture. You are listening to The Culture Radio, only on The Culture. You are listening to The Culture Radio, only on The Culture. You are listening to The Culture Radio, only on The Culture. You are listening to The Culture Radio, only on The Culture. You are listening to The Culture Radio, only on The Culture. You are listening to The Culture Radio, only on The Culture. Okay. Good morning, everyone. Uh, If I raise my voice too much today, forgive me. I get more and more disgusted when I watch what goes on. Even though I am very, very enlightened and feeling much better about the way society, our society, is reacting to what's going on, it's... uh, Everybody's talked about it, the visuals, the cell phone recording. Eight minutes and 46 seconds, it, uh, it registered with everybody. Yeah, how do you not look at it and look at the face of that man looking at the young woman who was recording it and still showing no emotion on his face? Anyway, the subheading, again, I've kept the title of What Have We Got to Lose? Because a lot of people, one of whom I consider the biggest loser on the planet, even though we're losing because of where he sits, he likes using that expression. What have you got to lose? You know, when you're a teenager and you invite someone to go to the back seat of the car, you know, maybe they recognize what they might lose or uh, how you're going to be a day later or whatever. So the subheading, because of everything that's been going on that kind of struck me, I've had so many thoughts, of course, is this week is the stigma of seeking help. Now, I've been around a long time, as I've mentioned, uh, and when I was much younger, the term crazy was applied to people who seemed to have problems dealing with everyday things. On the East Coast versus the West Coast, there was a difference as I grew up. With the East Coast, uh, you'd be afraid if you told people you were seeing a psychiatrist, a psychologist. So, uh, things like AAA and other organizations, and I don't mean automobile club, but Alcoholics Anonymous and things like that, they weren't as widespread. Where on the West Coast, they were always considered a little flakier. They used to go to psychiatrists, and one of my teachers, who had a degree in psychiatry or psychology, when he was teaching us the course, we had some interesting discussions. One of the things he brought out 
was that there was a uh, high suicide rate among psychiatrists and psychologists back then on the West Coast. You had a lot of people who f felt it was in vogue, you know, if they were stars or entertainers. So they went to a psychiatrist, a psychologist, to hash out their laundry and whatever it is, whatever they felt. It's like on, they, they replay all uh, two and a half men. It's entertaining, just like the Golden Girls. So if you want something that's shallow and funny and the rest of it, I'll turn it on if there's nothing interesting on. I'm tired of listening to all the news and I've absorbed more than enough. But in there, uh, Charlie goes to a psychiatrist, psychologist, played by, I forget the woman's name. She's really a good star, comedic, tall blonde. Uh, but she plays the part well, and she recognizes that he's doing what used to happen in the West Coast in the old days. It was like you went there, you weren't looking to be cured. You just wanted someone who understood that this was okay, there were reasons for it, the rest of it. There are reasons for feeling a little different or odd or the rest of it. But what's happened is we've had this collective recognition that all these ugly things we've been hearing about for years, uh, whether it's slavery or, you know, more black people getting incarcerated, more people of color, uh, well, they should do things to change their life, blah, 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 blah. We're all up and back. We all have ideas, and we don't really get with the program. Well, 2016, when Trump got elected, all the people who were apathetic and disgusted with what went on during the election, instead of coming out and voting and making sure you didn't let a character in there, realized the day after he was elected that he is the president. I, as I've said, am still fighting to get my thing from the Federal Election Commission because I believe I've proven my case, but we'll see where it all goes. I keep reaching out. If any of you know good attorneys who want to add a little pro bono, I've put a lot of my own time in it. Just give them my name and number or my website, my Facebook page. Nowadays, people don't have that stigma between the East Coast and the West Coast of seeking help. They understand that there are mental conditions that drive people. So there isn't the stigma that you're crazy, as it used to be when I was a kid on the East Coast. What do you need a psychiatrist? Just, you know, calm down, uh, go think a little bit, whatever. Go out with your friends, drink a little more, what, whatever. So there was always stigma attached. Once we get rid of the idea of stigma, like Alcoholics Anonymous, when you sit with a group of people, I've never been to the meetings. I've known a lot of people who've gone. I think it's great. There are groups of people who have things that they want to feel more comfortable with. Do they need to be cured? Do they need to understand it? I'm not going to work on that. It depends on how it affects their life, your life, anybody's life. So seeking help is not a bad thing. If we hurt ourselves, we want to go to doctors or whatever. Hopefully, they'll patch us up with this coronavirus that we've been dealing with. All the people on the front lines have been real busy. People are afraid to go back to the hospitals for elective surgery in a lot of cases. Uh, there's a, a shortage we had. We all celebrated all these frontline people, the doctors, the nurses, the people who keep our transit system working, the postal workers, the delivery people. 
truckers. It's all part of the system, just like in our body, our arteries and veins keep us alive by transporting stuff. Without that, the rest of what we like to deal with, our feelings, you wouldn't have them because you're not supplying what you need. So that video that that girl took, it just was staring us all in the face. Look at what this man is doing to this other man. They're both humans. And we find out later that they even knew each other. We could always find out if there were resentments, were they beaten in their childhood, all this other junk. Really simple. The man killed the man. There's a book out there. There are tons of books about slavery and this person and that person and the rest. I came across one a few years ago. And I'm going to put it up. You'll see it on the site. It's called Slavery by Another Name. It actually won a Pulitzer Prize, I believe it was 2009, for the author. The author was born in the South, I believe it was Mississippi. I think he holds a doctorate in something, but he's an educated man. And when he started to see what was going on, look him up. His name, I think, is Douglas Blackman. But that's why I put the name on. After the Civil War, when it ended, I discussed in one of my podcasts that Lincoln, when he was running for re-election, decided not to keep his first vice president because he decided with everything that was going on, he picked a VP who was from the South, who was a more Democratic-leaning person, and he felt was, you know, his head and conscious was in the right place. Well, when Lincoln got assassinated, guess what? That guy took over and became president. So after more than a half a million Americans from both sides died during that war, brutally ugly, a lot of them who lived were worse than the ones who died. They were so maligned or cut up or missing limbs. They didn't have the prosthetics they have nowadays. They had to live with these things. We, the country, had to live with putting ourselves together, and that's what Lincoln wanted to do. But the man with all of his vision the man who visioned the Transcontinental Railroad, uniting the country, building our economy and the country. He got killed. The man who replaced him had a different viewpoint. He was more sympathetic to the South he came from. So after this war with all these people dying, slavery didn't end because of the Emancipation Proclamation or the North winning the war. So all the stories and garbage that was going on before that continued. This book is, and I tell you, when you start to read it, I hope you don't mind reading a documentary. This is like reading, it's well written, but it's almost like reading an encyclopedia. A lot of people hate taking certain courses that have tons of information in it because it gets tiring. You'd rather it's spoon-fed or put in a nice play, can I read the cliff notes? This guy chronicles everything that happened from the end of the Civil War basically up to the modern era. And he's got documentation for it all. So after the war, you found out they used vagrancy laws and other things to arrest black people because all these factory owners, in the South especially, now can't have slaves. So how do you get workers, especially 
inexpensive workers, which is how you made your money. They were slaves or whatever. So he goes through the different ways that they'd go and say, do you have any money in your pocket? Or they'd accuse them of a crime that they didn't do, but who was around to disprove it? And then they'd say, if you couldn't make bail, we're going to put you out to a work farm. It's such an interesting book, but it brings the ugliness of humanity at its worst to the forefront. Get a copy of the book, check it out of a library, wherever you find it, and really educate yourself, because you will see names of major corporations as you go through it, up to the modern, where they all benefited from the use of slaves. I mean, don't get me wrong, you go back to the Egyptian times, building the pyramids, they enslaved people and kept, you know, just driving them to build these monuments, the people who were in charge. We founded a country on the idea that we're going to have freedom. Uh, if you do your work, you'll be able to live well. Well, that wasn't true of a lot of people, what we did to the Native Americans and the rest of it. But this book, really, get it, get into it. It'll teach you a lot that you don't learn in school and that this man spent a chunk of his life researching and documenting. Slavery by another name should be reading for anybody who wants to understand. And then maybe you'll understand that saying about walk in my shoes and understand what I feel. So, enough on that one. When you read it, I'd love your comments coming in. Uh, and there will be loads of things you'll get from it. Read it in pieces because it's, it's heavy reading. Anyway, another thing I thought of, it's up there, is iconic. We'll put it on the screen so you'll see it. Iconic. I like the word. It sounds good. It sounds strong. And it should be. Iconic as a word is symbolic of something. A person who's a well-known star, they're an icon. When we get on the internet, we have icons that make you think of something that you're going to go to, uh, whether it's PowerPoint, Windows, uh, Facebook. It has a meaning to you. And an icon is a person or something that has strong meaning. Now, when you look up the definition, strong meaning does not mean it's good. It could be evil as well as good. And so the word iconic stuck with me, and I came up with what I think iconic stands for when it comes to Donald. It's incredibly corrupted on national and international concerns. Looks like I lost the uh, L at the end of international on the way it's on the screen, but you get the point. Uh, you could take any word, and if you've studied enough words, after a while you could put together something from it. I'm not happy about what we're going through, and I think people see it, and I am so proud of our country people that have been out in the streets. George Floyd was, in effect, that famous straw that broke the camel's back. That's one of those old sayings. As I said, there are old sayings going in all directions. But eventually, eventually, people get tired or eventually people see something that they can't just disregard. And that's what happened with that picture. 
When I was younger, I decided to train myself to breathe for a longer period of time. I wanted to be, before there were uh, Navy SEALs and there were frogmen, there were Navy people who were called UDT, under, underwater demolition teams. Part of the training was to be able to breathe for four or five minutes without struggling. It's really tough to do. There are divers who free dive and can breathe for a good period of time. But it is very tough to do. So when I saw the picture of that man's knee on that man's neck, I said, no matter how you hold your breath, the strength of George was that he'd been around long enough and dealt with people. So when I heard the words he was uttering, calling sir and the rest of it, he said, look, he could feel the weight of three people on him, I guess. Uh, he'd already been, when I saw some of the other shots, not only handcuffed, but taken in the back of a, a cruiser and beaten. And then they had to take him back out to get him on the ground. So if you ask me, there's premeditation there. They already had the guy in handcuffs. They had him in the back of a cruiser, and they beat him up in the back of a cruiser. And then they put him out to put him on the ground. Any officer who was standing there, all I felt, because I've been in situations where I try and control my emotions and do what's best in the situation. When I see people doing something that's really wrong and ugly, I don't always worry. I look around. I don't want to die because I picked the wrong place to make my stand, but I pick a way to make the stand. I don't understand how any of them, although I did hear in the language, one of them yelling out, get up and get in the cruiser. I think it was maybe the cop who was standing because he knew it was wrong, but he knew he had three buddies who he couldn't tell them get the hell off of him, which he should have done. Anyway, it was enough to shock the consciousness of anybody who was not black to understand that this is done by people to other people. Not everyone, but if you even have 1% of the population, they happen to be in the police force. And I have tons of friends who are police in my life. These are people who put their life on the line to protect us and make sure criminals don't take over the world. But there are always bad ones. The laws we have to change so that you don't leave a town and go to another town and get a job and nobody can find out what a piece of garbage you were in the last place that you worked. The rest of us have to give references. So it should be the same with police because they have the power of life and death when they're out there on the street. They do put their life on the line, and I respect that totally. And I was trained as military police, among other things, in the U.S. Army. You learn to deal with anything and everything. What they're talking about when you hear the word defunding, you know, every word we've got has multiple meanings. So defunding, they're really talking about, do cops want to go out after all their training and they're ready to put their life on the line and walk into a domestic dispute? Now, I've known a lot of people who've gone into a domestic dispute and they try and calm down the two parties. That's not a policing action. But sometimes when they get in it, one of them has a weapon that nobody noticed or they pick up a knife. And, you, you know, woman trying to steal, uh, stab the husband, husband trying to stab the wife, whatever. And if you accidentally turn and you're not watching both of them, one of them may stab you because you're in the way. You're stopping them in their anger from what they want to do. 
This is not a situation that police should be in the middle of. Breaking into a house, there are situations where you have to break into a place, but then you have a whole task force. But just breaking a no-knock warrant, there are reasons for them. But it should be checked out very thoroughly, so you're not going to the wrong address. You don't come in with guns blazing and the person reacts, because if you got me in there and I can't tell that you're the police, and you suddenly break the door down, and I don't know that you're the police, I'm going to react to defend myself or whoever's in my household. The famous old thing of defending my castle. So we've got to understand that, but I love the outpouring. Do not let Donald Trump or any other agitators. I saw a video on the news where there was someone, I think it was in Jersey, in some little town, where they put together a display, a bunch of white folks, and that doesn't mean that they're the opinion of everybody. And they had someone on the ground, the other guy's on his neck, and, you know, they've got Trump's sign in the background. Let me tell you, those people are way off base. Uh, they should never be staging anything. Maybe they felt they're going to do a counterculture thing. Do not stop. We are finally getting the picture that the only race that really counts or really is there is a human race and we're all members of it. Whether we're members in good standing depends on how we treat each other. Uh, so slavery by another name, iconic, what it stands for. You look at, you look at Donald Trump and I was in the military. I've studied military strategy. We had people who fought and died during different wars to protect us. We're getting to a point where to start a world war is crazy because we're all codependent. Yet we spend a lot of money on military hardware just in case we get attacked. So what are we going to do, blow up half the world? Because it'll be very different this time around. I don't believe in absolute trust that I'm going to let people take me over. But there are different ways of dealing with resisting takeover by working with other countries, by occupying, by having bases there. So what did we do? We had people who knew our, our expenditure of lives during World War II, who built NATO and other alliances. Uh, we finally got to a point where Germany was reunited as a country. We think it's safe to have them together as a country. There are still autocratic or dictatorial people who are born, who want to take over and show the world how to be tough. We've got one sitting in the White House who, as far as I'm concerned, is illegally there by his own hand. As I said, he broke the law during the election. He's an invalid president. So we have to keep being heard. Going out in the streets, do not put cars on fire. Would you like it if a bunch of people who didn't know you because your car was in the way flipped it over and lit it up to make their point? That doesn't make a point. It gives people like Donald the thing to say, oh, look, these are violent people. We've got to do something about them. The military, he likes to use them. He didn't want to serve. He had his deferment on those phony bone spurs that his father got doctors to write in for. Yet he went back in college and played on all the teams so he could impress the ladies and get dates and have his fun. 
This is a man who didn't serve his country, but right now he's serving our country up to the people who back him. They just announced that he said he's going to cut the troops in Germany. He's going to take a lot of them out. I've said to everybody who's been listening to me, Trump's key raison d'etre, reason for being, is money in his pocket. Everything he does, no matter how we think of it, of good or bad, is just to keep us all dancing while he steals from our treasury, one way or another. But what is he doing? He's in Putin's pocket, and he's in some other people's pocket. When it came to Turkey, he has great investments in some buildings with some partners in Turkey. So guess what? The two biggest bases generally that we have in Europe, out of NATO, out of World War II, is Germany. Uh, when you'd see people who'd be picked up or coming out of the Middle East, they sent them to Germany. We have a large presence there. And it's better to be working with Germany than against it. But Putin, as I said before, he could spend billions of dollars on new equipment and the rest of it to attack, or he could give a billion or two through the back door on real estate or investments or grant trademarks to Trump and his family, and he gets things for a lot less. Trump is like taking the bullets out of our weapons. He increased our military budget to make us stronger, and he cuts the troops almost in half in Germany. Recent announcement. In Turkey, he allowed Turkey to buy. He could have done something if he wanted to, but because of the properties he owns and Erdogan putting pressure on him, he allowed one of our biggest air bases in the planet, strategically sited in Turkey, to basically be nullified because the Soviets gave Erdogan or gave him a good deal on certain ground-to-air missiles that if we had a plane taking off in Turkey, it would be shot out of the air before it even got totally airborne. So the man is giving up stuff. You can call it quid pro quo, whatever you want to call it. But he's giving up this stuff because of investments and people who have the goods on him. He wants to investigate. He's got Lindsey Graham doing investigations, yet remember, this is the man who told people not to honor subpoenas, not to go testify. Mitch McConnell, he's giving them all the judges he wants because Mitch is stupid enough to not understand that if Trump stays in power or wants to take over more power, he doesn't listen to judges anyway. So give Mitch what he thinks he's getting, all these conservative judges from now to the future, blind to the idea that these judges are going to make any decision if you have a dictator running your country at some point. And it sounds strange, but it isn't that far from amassing more power, getting an attorney general who runs around like your own little slave, making people wonder what's going on. So we have to be aware of it. Let's stay in the streets. Let's work together with everybody else. We don't have to agree, but please do not go into this election saying, well, Bernie's not running, so I'm not going to vote. Well, he picked the wrong vice president. It's not only uh, a woman, it's uh, a woman of color. In case you haven't checked, 
out the country. We're almost at that 50-50 split where our country is half not white. And we only have maybe a decade or so more till we get there. I've always recognized this. The world is not majority white. I always like living with the world, enjoying not just going to restaurants, but considering all people from anywhere, my friend, if they are friendly toward me, if they respect me the way I respect them. They want my respect, give me your respect. Don't threaten me. Don't just give things away because it benefits your pocket. So, troops out of Germany. Think about this. Trump, when he got in office, because of the way he operates, because he knows he does a lot of shady things, he used NDAs, which are non-disclosure agreements. So he gets in, and he gets told by his councils that he has at the White House and other places, you cannot, in the U.S. government, have people sign NDAs, where they have to pay attention to the law, even though he doesn't. And you could sue them or do something to them because they signed this agreement. When you deal with a scoundrel, you talk out. Uh, and there are people who should start talking out who've been in his administration. They are not serving their country well. I don't care if they go make a book deal or whatever. They swore oaths to serve our country and they're not doing it by not speaking out about what they do know. They're smart enough that they should understand where all this is heading. So Trump likes NDAs, non-disclosure agreements, even though they're illegal with government workers. He sets up his rally because he likes having his rally. He likes staging these events. So it looks like, and if you look back at old films of dictators in countries, whether it was Mussolini or Hitler, they love to have these big rallies, so everybody was yelling. He said, oh, there's our great leader. He is a showman. So he's going to have this rally. So he was going to hold his rally in Tulsa, Oklahoma, site of one of the worst, worst bombings and burnings of a black community that was a prosperous black community. Greenwood, I believe, was the name of the area. And he wanted to hold it on the anniversary. And also Juneteenth, which is a famous date because of free, freeing slaves, even though it didn't free everybody. So he finally, I saw last night, had relented that he's going to move it one day later. He's going to do it instead of Juneteenth. He'll do it the next day on the 20th. He said, well, I was doing it because it's a celebration. <laughs> Yeah, you may consider it a celebration. It's a reminder of what you've fought for and what we've done to try and get this into one solid nation. So what does he do with the rallies that he's uh, planning on holding? <laughs> they released a document that all of his wonderful, loyal people who want to go to these rallies, and he likes them because he sells a lot of merchandise at these rallies too. That's more money in his pocket. They released a document that everybody going to his rally has to sign. Now remember, this is the guy who has not taken unifying action to deal with this invasion of this virus in our country. Who said, well, why do we want to be testing? The more you test, the more you'll find. Well, there are more and more people that are testing positive. 
But if we would have done this up front or we get to do it more properly, we'll understand where the virus is and deal with it. Because if you leave a disease within our system, it gets time to, it's called mutating. I've always understood that these biological things are alive. A tree is alive, grass is alive. Let's not delude ourselves to think that this thing isn't trying to survive. So when it gets in our system and it finds that we've done one thing, it mutates, it changes into something else. Changes just enough so it can get around whatever we're doing. So if we don't do what we can to stop it from spreading, we're gonna suffer greatly. I have my mask here, I don't need to wear it here because there's only one other person we're much more than six feet apart. I didn't see my son, daughter-in-law, and my grandson for months because I wanted to wait till we saw where this was going. Yes, I visited them again. Limited basis, wore my mask. Again, uh, I've been tested. I was joking. Uh, the test came back, I'm not pregnant but uh, it came back negative. Uh, the county was testing. Why not? I don't want to find out I'm walking around spreading something. And I stay away from people, people I'd like to be around. I love being around people. But the best thing we could do for each other is to keep our distance and to keep smart about what we're doing, wearing a mask, because again, that's the way we all release it if we've got it, even if we are, as they call it, asymptomatic, forget where they're discussing that to death. It just means you're not showing symptoms. It doesn't mean you're not a carrier. You know, you could have a backpack and carry extra water on the back of your body. That doesn't mean that you're not dehydrating as a person. So let's be smart about all this. Let's be careful. Let's respect each other in that way. So Trump, he wanted NDAs so people can't speak out. And now he wants his rally people to sign disclaimers that they can't sue him if they get COVID-19. <coughs> he didn't even say 19. He understands it mutates. He just said COVID or the virus. Bottom line is, he doesn't care what happens to these people. The more he prolongs his time in office, the more he gets to rob from us. It's that simple. I told you before Memorial Day weekend that people weren't noticing that the Tuesday before Memorial Day weekend, gasoline in Central Florida, and I'm sure it happened throughout the country, went up almost 20 cents. And then I told you if he got his little share of it. And listen, his little share, it's simple. I'll tell you in a second how easily he could get that. But yet this week, as gas was starting to come down, because we have an oversupply, uh, you know what happened in the Middle East where they almost had to give the, the oil away? Well, gas in the last week actually went down to about $36, $37 a barrel. That's a low mark for, gas, uh, for oil, and gasoline should have gone down. But what happened in this past week? A few days ago, gasoline went up again by 10 or 15 cents in central Florida. And I told you in last week or prior podcast, that we in the United States use almost 600 million gallons in a day of gasoline. One penny, if that's given to him. And believe me, 
I'm sure he wants more than that. And just the increase, the 20 cents that went on, one penny times 600 million is 6 million in one day. Multiply 6 million by 365 days, and you'll see what comes. And now let me tell you, Jared Kushner, we're paying him a salary. Man whose family has got billion dollars of real estate or whatever, and doesn't seem to have the smarts to even tie his shoes as far as I'm concerned. He's not an idiot, but he's part of the family, sitting in the White House, knowing when to buy things in the market, because he knows when his father-in-law is enraged and is going to make a stupid statement, and he could play with options and make a lot of money. But Jared was in charge of supply, our critical supplies, the chloroquine. <coughs> Trump had said, oh, we're going to put some in there for supplies, even though we've been told it doesn't really help, unless you're extremely ill and it can cut down, if it works on you, on how many days you're going to spend in the ICU. So Jared, in the background, has been playing with our supplies that we pay for and deciding who gets it and when. It's as simple, because I've done this legally for regular corporations that were doing business anywhere in the world. You set up a company that's set up to be an in-between company between the supplier and the buyer. And since they know you're looking the other way when they raise the price of gas, because we do have rules that used to be enforced in prior administrations to keep people from gouging and just raising the price when there's no reason for it except profit. So you put this company in between and technically they arranged you to buy it from them, even though they did it all the time without you. That little mechanism, and they get their little piece, little piece being easily $6 million a day of a penny on every gallon that we sell, that we use. Again, this is easy to do when you understand how to set up some companies and you're not going to see somebody handing the president a brown envelope with cash in it. He knows you don't have to do that to put a ton of money in his pocket. So, gasoline, it's going up again. And I'm telling you, last week the price of crude oil dropped. And when it's below $50 a barrel, it should be a lot cheaper than it is right now. So the troops that he's taken out of Germany, and then what he's done is actually nullify our major air bases with nuclear weapons in Turkey. Where's our defense? He spent all this money on defense things. I'll even bet that the new Space Force, that Ivanka got to design the uniforms and it went through one of our companies, or it's going to be made in one of her companies when they make the uniforms. There are just so many ways that these people understand how to pick our pocket. Let's keep diligent, let's keep watching, and understand this man lies. He is great at spinning things. So if one day he says black and he wants to tell you, oh no, I said it was blue, you just, you're remembering wrong, even though you can play him the video. So now, there was an old saying, and I traced it back when I did the research. You know, we're humans. We have different senses. So there was a saying about, believe nothing that you hear. That's interesting. You heard it, but depending who you heard it from, you don't know who they heard it from and where it came from. 
So if you don't put your life on the line or your future on the line by believing what you hear, the other part of the saying was believe maybe half what you see. Now, the reason they didn't see everything is, you know, we all sometimes see things and we get it a little wrong, depending how close we are, the combination of what's going on and what we understand. This goes way back to an interesting writer, Edgar Allan Poe. He was famous for writing a lot of intriguing things. Uh, look him up if you haven't heard of him. Uh, if you like horror and horrific stories, this is a man for you. He did a lot of suspenseful, interesting, nasty stories. So, then you've got Trump was going to hold the Republican National Convention in North Carolina. <clears throat> the government has stopped holding these press conferences and reporting what's going on with COVID. If you listen to regular news stations that have been around forever, you don't have to believe everything they're saying, but there are publications. Fauci now gets to come out once or twice out of his cage, but they don't want to report the figures because there are rises in the amount of COVID cases in, I think it's at least 14 to 20 of the states. North Carolina is one of them, and they've had Bikes that are going up. This is not a second wave. They never got past the first wave. They were slower in getting into the wave that already hit New York and California and the state of Washington. We're a big country. So as this happens, and we're not banning travel from state A to state B. We haven't done that. China, remember, locked down Wuhan province so people couldn't get out or get in unless they let them because they understood the best way to deal with that is to quarantine it. You've got a bacteria, you wanna make sure it's not escaping from where you capture it. We're not gonna do that here. We're opening up. But how fast we open or the rest of it, people aren't running out. There are enough people who recognize we have no treatment and we have no vaccine. I am quite hopeful that with all the dollars and research and brain power, we're going to find something to use against it. But right now, the only thing we've got is keeping a distance, wearing a mask. Oh, hey, Michelle Burns and Katie Wilson, hi to both of you. Lisa, again, good to hear from you. I do not see Trump leaving the White House peacefully. Let me tell you, before I was in the Army and after I was in the Army, I, I love reading about everything. I love reading military strategy, the famous way before we were even an idea as a country. You had the Far East, you had China and India and other places that had generals that were fighting wars. You got wars in the Bible. When you study them and the strategies of what they did, this is how I learned how do you use topography, how a land is built to do something. I hate to tell you this, Trump, when, he, when his father even ran apartments, and I've known people who run apartments, and some of them were very nasty. If somebody didn't pay their rent, okay, it may take a while to evict them, but depending on what this person knows, who they can call up with something, till you evict them, uh, you could be losing money and they could damage your place. So I'll give you a simple scenario. 
you live in a building, you can make problems for the building. But if you own the building, depending upon the way it's wired, every apartment or unit is separately wired. You own the building. You control the room where these wires come together. You go down there. I'm sure any of you who've seen any of these crazy movies where you want to control people, you cut off the electricity to the apartment. It's either going to be too cold or too hot. If you've got a separate control, you can cut off the water. So whether he wants to leave the White House peacefully, the simple thing would be siege. Make sure that no food comes or goes. Stop his deliveries from McDonald's. Eventually, the man's got to eat. Okay? There are a million ways to get him out of there peacefully. Believe me, when he's starving or smelling his own fecal matter because he can't flush his toilet anymore, he'll come out of the White House. They could ask me. I'll show them how to get him out without a fight. If I have to go in, I'll go in and take him out. Instagram, a lot of trolls that are getting tickets to possibly wear black matter. <coughs> oh, wear black matter shirts. Or Okay, look. Everybody's read all kinds of things, just like I'm saying. Uh, famous generals from uh, China that they rewrite their uh, letters, you know, how they decided how you work, how, what your strategy is. Infiltration and surprise. It's called counterintelligence. It's counterinsurgency, guerrilla warfare. There are a million names for it. But if you can, you want to get inside the other group. You want to see what they're doing. Or you want to make them look bad so the people who are supporting them will say, well, look what they just did. One of the easiest ways is dress up in their shirts. I put on my Brooklyn shirt. Black and white are two, not colors, they're the absence of color. Okay? So, with black matter, shirts will not show so he doesn't have people to talk to. You know what? Let anybody who's stupid enough to go to his rally and get jammed in there, and they want to sign a disclaimer, because this man who says this is all a farce, if it's a farce, why does he need a disclaimer? I don't want anybody to die. But if they're stupid enough to go there and sign his disclaimer, let's see what happens to them. I'm sure they'll come out and say, I feel fine. Give them a couple of weeks. This is not a disease that we're all going to just duck. We have to be smart about it. So there will be people that get out there and agitate. And they may be any color, black, white, Native American, Asian, doesn't matter. So... What you want to do is you want to recognize that if these people are or aren't cooperating, if they join your group and they're not going along with things, tell them, please, stay in the park. If they come along with you and you recognize that they're trying to get you to do something that isn't the peaceful movement where you're protesting that our government is paying no attention to our laws, that our government doesn't care about what's happening to us, so we want to keep the stimulation going till we get to the election. And as I said, don't argue that Joe Biden is not this guy or that guy or the person he picked is not perfect. We've got someone who's trying to dismantle our government, take all the power onto himself, 
It's so easy to see. Anybody who's studied government and studied how autocrats or dictators take over. If the worst is we have to wait till the election, and we saw what happened with those new voting machines in Georgia, well, we already know that the governor of Georgia was improperly uh, being the uh, monitor of the election when he built, beat Stacey Abrams. Not a way to do an election. But if we all go out and we all insist on ballots, we all insist on our governments, give it to us, or we all go there. If we have to wait one day out of four years online for 24 hours and we tell them we won't let them close the doors, and as I said way back when I started talking about voting, I said we want a receipt. Or if you want to, let them yell at you. Take out your camera and take a picture of your ballot. When you mark your ballot and you're in that little screened area that's supposed to be yours so that nobody can see what you're doing, take your camera out and take a picture of your ballot. Not too hard. All of us have cell phones. They don't take them away at the door. If we have to, we're going to put every ballot on the internet because we will know who won. If this man wins, all I can tell you is all of the people whose brains are watching and listening and understanding what he is somehow didn't come out to vote? Let's overwhelm the system by everybody coming out to vote. Help people get to the polls. So as we go down and we talk about this, so Trump, the Republican National Convention was going to be in North Carolina. North Carolina has had one of the worst spikes in the coronavirus. So maybe he heard about this through his scientific people, the CDC and the rest of it, even though he doesn't publish figures. We're not putting figures out the way we're supposed to on nursing homes and assisted living because those are having serious issues. Our government is hiding information from us. Wow, Trump, who won't give out any information, is hiding it because he has to See how long he can stretch this period out till he gets reelected. Don't let him get away with it. Voting is going to stop it ultimately. Stick to the streets. Demonstrate. You don't have to sit out there day in and day out. Set up demonstrations. If you set a demonstration where he has a rally, don't confront his people. Put your demonstration in another part. Just make sure you peacefully march and do things. That is our right. Let him spend all the money that he's gotten from whoever wants to back him. That's not going to win him the election. He can't buy your vote. And don't believe all the bullshit that he's going to put out because he's going to try and discredit anyone and everyone. If you watch the man, he's a liar. He's just about said he's better than Abraham Lincoln the other day. Abraham Lincoln must be cringing in his grave. So where is he moving it? From North Carolina, which had this tremendous spike, I think the highest in the country, with their daily number. And remember, when you keep hearing them say, well, if you're doing testing, you're going to find more. So if you have a plague going or an epidemic or a pandemic, whatever you want to call it, if you're sick, don't you want to go to the doctor and find out if you need treatment? We need to test 
So we know that if we walk over there, it's a bad area. We walk over there, it's maybe safer. As I said, cleaning your hands, keeping a distance, wearing your mask. This is all we have right now. Do not let anybody fool you into thinking you shouldn't. I've gone out to eat, but I'm careful. Not crowded restaurants. What happened in Georgia is clearly a sign of voter suppression. We need to hold them accountable. Who are you going to hold accountable when the Georgia governor basically acted criminally to become the governor? We hold them accountable by making sure we elect someone else and not pick on little incidents because the next president, unfortunately, is going to have to unwind all the crap that Donald has done. And in fact, if they don't get him before, when they start looking at everything he's done, they should be throwing him in jail because a lot of what he's done is illegal. He's manipulated contracts to put money in his pocket. That's not what a president's there for. The guy who said, I don't need your money, this 400000 as president. I'll give it to the Treasury. I remember I did a podcast where I bought a cookie jar and I told you, the Treasury is his cookie jar. He controls, gets people in there who controls the contracts. He wants to give out nothing, but he wants everybody else to give out what he needs. He wants everybody else investigated, but he shouldn't be investigated nor supply data to answer questions. How much do you have to see to realize what a character he is? So, we'll hold him accountable. And Lisa, in Michigan, we have so many Trump-supporting candidates running for offices. Well, you know, they feel they're going to do it because, you know, when you're about to die, you have what's called a gag reflex where your body will jump and move. doesn't mean you're alive. It means... You're in the throes of death, and you're trying to do what you've been doing. If you know they're Trump candidates, and we understand by now what he's been doing, don't vote for them. Go out and vote for whoever is definitely anti that. But pick the major candidate. Don't splinter between 10 different candidates. They'll love that. They may even subsidize a few candidates, so you'll vote, oh yeah, that guy's better. I don't have to vote for that Democrat. Let me vote for this uh, liberal or this independent. Pick the strongest candidate that's anti the Trumpites and vote for them. Anything will be an improvement. And then we can work on getting everything else done because I'm still waiting to see what he does with the census when it comes in and he plays with those numbers. So there's a lot of stuff that's going on the man has taken over enough control of the government that he's giving out what he wants to and telling you what he feels he should. And he's playing into everybody. Whatever holiday it is, he wants to take it over and make it his own. The man is a maniacal, demonic character. And the more he gets pushed, the more he's not going to sit back and say, oh, I'm sorry. If you've ever dealt with anybody like that, the best you could do with that is keep your eye open and make sure you do things that don't allow them to continue what they're doing. Trump is now going to be the law and order candidate again. Nobody's trying to defund the police. Let me quickly tell you, back when this country was formed and we had the Wild West, 
and you had outlaws and criminals. We didn't call them police, we had sheriffs. They still call them sheriffs if you look at the vehicles in a lot of places. A sheriff was someone who got paid enough and in the old days was a gunslinger who hopefully could shoot faster than the criminals. We kind of crawled out of that hole to a more civilized way of being. Again, I'll give you my definition of civilization sometimes because we're not that civilized yet. But the point is, police grew out of, as cities grew bigger, that we didn't have sheriffs, we called them police. And the reason policing, look, when we're in the army, one of the things we did in the morning when we got up was we walked around, because people used to smoke a lot more in those days. We got up, and for exercise, before we even went to breakfast often, we formed up and we walked around the base to pick up litter that was there, cigarette butts, paper, whatever, to keep the place clean. We were policing the area. So policing is an activity. So they use the term police, but again, what they're talking about when you read it and understand is they're not talking about not having any police because we don't want lawlessness. We still need people who are trained to deal with a criminal with a gun. But police shouldn't be doing things that we could have someone else do, a social worker, a psychologist, whatever it is. We understand the difference. And we shouldn't have police, like we said, who are protected by a union that says you can't know if this guy was bad if he goes to another place? Excuse me, all of us are subject to scrutiny. We have a president who tells us you can't get a copy of his tax return or his papers. What is he hiding? Period. If you're a person who has done well, something was questioned, if it was looked at and approved, you have nothing to worry about. So please, don't get caught up in terms. What they're looking to do is change what police do. And if I had been under this pressure for hundreds of years of being looked at as being different, I would want to change it too. So, and you get a lot of people on both sides talking about different things. Let's deal with the subject. Let's modernize what we do with police. We do not need, we have people who sit in the back office in police stations in big cities who use traffic cams and other control things to decide that we have a safe flow of traffic in this city. They could be part of the police department, but they're not out there carrying a weapon. They're not confronting criminals. So all they're saying is a lot of the calls don't need a police officer who's willing to put his life on the line for something that somebody else could handle. So all they're talking about is a modernization of how we run a police department and what things police should continue to cover and what things other people could take care of. There's still battered people out there and police don't always have to get in the middle of that domestic dispute. Sometimes police have gotten in the middle of a domestic dispute and their own weapon was pulled and used to shoot them. Humans are strange beings. We, <laughs> we have to recognize that we get into moods that aren't always great. So North Carolina, Trump is moving it from a high place to Jacksonville. Jacksonville's had 
spikes that are going crazy. We're seeing the power of the people. Transformation. You know, you got these transformers in those cute little movies where they change some cars into monsters or good robots and 